Indeed, our God is an awesome God. Can we praise him one more time in this place? Thank you so much, musicians and praise team, media ministry, and each and every one of you as we turn our attention to the word of God. Indeed, we are in our series called Kingdom Project, where together through the word of God, we're seeing how heaven and earth collide within the life of the believer. In fact, when you come to Christ as a believer, you become a citizen of his kingdom. So as we continue that journey, I invite you to turn in your, your Bible and your copy of God's word to Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, will be our initial reading. This verse is a part of a recorded sermon from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the greatest preacher to ever lived. He communicated to those who would listen to his teachings all about the kingdom of God. In fact, when Christ came preaching, he came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when you hear us talk about God's kingdom, we're operating with this definition in our minds, and that is God's kingdom is the realm of God's rule and reign through his people. I'll say it again. God's kingdom is the realm of God's rule and reign through his people. Jesus specifically uh, mentions the kingdom at least nine times in this sermon. And though time does not permit us to look at and uncover all the details that Christ reveals to us in this pivotal message, I want to encourage you in your alone time, in your study time, that you would read the message that our Savior preached. When some of your Bibles might say from the Sermon on, on the Mount. But pivotal to every message is that main thrust, the, the main theme, if you would. And the theme of the message that Christ preaches is right there in the 33rd verse. Some of you may uh, have committed this verse to memory, where Christ tells those who are following him, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because in seeking, we are positioning everything we say and do to give glory to our king. And kingdom citizens are blessed with the word of the kingdom, which the spirit of the king enables kingdom citizens to live out. I want you to understand something, that our king, God, who sits on the throne, doesn't command you to follow his rule under his reign without his help. That help is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God lives in the believer's life, and if you've been living with the Holy Spirit a while, you know that he can transform your life. I'm not in this thing by myself. That's some of you right now. You could testify that ever since the Holy Spirit has come into my life, my life has never been the same. I got two people right here. I thank God for you. <laughs> and the remaining of you who, who have that testimony. 
that since God has come into my life, my life has changed. My life has value, purpose, meaning as God has intended. So Christ encourages, commands, teaches us that as a priority of life, as first priority, Shannon, we should seek the kingdom of God. Would you bow your heads with me in the word of prayer? The gracious Heavenly Father, how grateful we are that you love us the way you do. That is in your love, you've blessed us with an opportunity that we can be a part of your kingdom, your family. That we can come under the umbrella of your reign and be seen as righteous because of Christ. Now, Lord, as we, we look into your word, we ask that you would make our hearts, our minds receptive soil for the seed of your word. That your word might take root in our lives to produce fruit all for your glory. So speak, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if I told you this um, before, but if I have, uh, it would be a good reminder. Um, many of you knew that, that by God's grace, my mother uh, raised uh, four children. And um, early on, Scott, in, our, in my journey under her, her parenting, because uh, mom raises as a single parent, I, I didn't realize how good I had it. I mean, you, okay, you, maybe you understand this here. Uh, my mother uh, was a professional seamstress, professional. Um, she, she made clothing for a living. But Fred, when, when I was a teenager, I didn't comprehend that everything I was wearing was tailor-made. <laughs> I... It, it didn't register at the time because my peers seemed to, to have, have other, other uh, y'all call it drip then, we call it fit in my day. Um, and theirs came with, with signs and, and symbols. I remember um, that when I would arrive at school, whatever fit that I wanted at the time, now back in the day it was track suits. Don't date me. I'm just telling you what it was, all right? Um, but, but anybody out there? Any, anybody, anybody with me here? I got, I got a few people here. Uh, um, yeah, that, that's how we were flossing back in the day. And so, so I told mom, showed her a picture, Becca. This is what I want to start the new school year with. I mean, I knew I was ready, y'all. I was going to come and step on campus, and it was going to be all that and then some. I was about to say fly, but I didn't want y'all to date me too much. So here it is. I, I, I remember that mom, mom saw the picture and, and she created the outfit and then she brought it to me. But it was, it was missing something. It didn't have the Nike check on it. Everything looked right, but there was something that was missing on it. And I told mom, I said, Mom, this is not name brand. And it got to be name brand, otherwise it's seen as though it has no value. Oh, mom, call my attention to inside my tracksuit. <laughs> and inside my tracksuit, she had the scriptures, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and oh, you got to say a Christian mama here, and, and all your mind. And, and, and I read that, and she said, you got the best name on you that can give you value. I never forgot that. I never forgot that. Now I'm looking for her to make me some name, Brank. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. As believers, sometimes we fail to realize the value that we have in being a part of the kingdom of heaven. That so oftentimes we're looking for what the world has as superficial value, and we look across the way, and we're wondering, well, my life would be better if I had this, or if I had that, or if, if I did this, or if I knew this person. Let me help you understand something, that when you have Jesus Christ, you have a relationship with God, and there's no better name to be associated with than the name of Jesus Christ. For the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. John 1 tells us that everyone who believes in Christ, he gave them the right to become the children of God. And that's why today I want to encourage you. Because God, through his word, is encouraging us to value the kingdom of God. Don't, don't just have it. But, but value it. When you value something, you hold it in high esteem. When you value something, uh, you talk about it. When you value something, you, you show it off. When you, when you value something, well, Christ says that of all that we value, what first and foremost should be on the top of our priority list is the kingdom of God. Uh, that's the name brand you wear called Kingdom Citizen. In fact, somebody, when you step out and somebody see your character and see how favored God is on your life, and they ask you, hey, what you got on like that? You all say, oh, this is kingdom wear. Because <laughs> I'm a citizen of the kingdom. And, and in his teaching, Christ, uh, as he was teaching about how to seek first the kingdom of God, when you continue reading in Matthew during his message, Christ would illustrate his lessons by presenting parables. Parables are, are stories that came alongside of the teaching so that if you didn't understand the teaching and you saw the picture, you'd understand the teaching based on the picture. That was the parable. And Christ gave many parables as it related to the kingdom of God. I told you, over nine times he talked about the kingdom in this one message alone. Now, when I said nine, some of you got worried, but don't worry, okay? I'm not going to have time to go through all nine. I would love to go through all nine parables, but Fred, I know some of you all. When it gets close around that noontime, y'all start looking at your watch instead of looking at the kingdom. And, uh... <laughs> and so one of, the, one of the parables that Christ presented to um, illustrate the kingdom is a parable of sowers, the sower and seeds. You'll find that parable in the 13th chapter of Matthew, because I really want to read it into your hearing, um, because he wants us to understand the value we have in the kingdom. And there in Matthew 13, Christ is explaining to his disciples the message he just gave about the kingdom. 
See, in verse 13, 1 through 9 is where he gives the message, but then his disciples get him on the side, and they want to hear more about this message that Christ gave. He gave them the message, but now they want clarity in the message. And so Christ takes them to the side, and he explains the message to them. Beginning at the 18th verse, he explains it this way. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. They receive it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word, and it proved unfruitful. As for what was sown in good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another case sixty, and in another thirty. Understand the text. Christ says, whenever we gather under the teachings of Christ, We gather with all kinds or types of soil. Soil, in the context of this text, represents our hearts. And he says, for some of us, our hearts are are so, so shallow that as soon as the word is spoken, the distraction of the enemy comes and snatches it from us before we can internalize it. He says, well, but then there's, Another where, where our hearts are like stony soil. We got all kinds of things in the way that we can't really pay attention to what God has to say because we're focusing on Lottie Dottie and are they in here, Lottie Dottie and everybody? I'm just checking. Uh, focusing on everybody and not focusing on what God is telling us. And as a result, the roots do not take. Ah, and that third heart says, has issues with thorns and weeds. Thorns and weeds are the cares of the world. Bree, good to see you, baby. I'm praying for you. Uh, thorns and weeds are, are those cares where we get caught up in the fortunes of the world that even it grieves my heart to say as I hear some of the videos of young people who claim to be selling their soul to the devil for earthly riches, hear me very well, nothing the world offers will ever satisfy. You know, nothing. There's nothing the world offers that will ever satisfy. Christ only came, and he said, I came to give you life that you might have life and have it more 
abundantly. So what Christ is saying that in order to have good soil, you have to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ because really it's not about rules, it's not about rituals, it's not about religion. It's all about do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Ah, Because when you do, you understand then the value of the kingdom. Because the kingdom was so costly that Jesus Christ himself, God in flesh, wrapped himself up in flesh, came down to earth. He lived, ministered, did miracles, and then came so that he might give his life, pay the price for our sins, that when we believe on him, that we could, have, we could be, as the text said last week, be born again. When we believe on him, we could have life and have it abundantly because Christ our Savior, once he died, he was buried after being buried like that of baptism. He resurrected, and when he came up, he had all power in his hand. And when you have a relationship with a Savior that has all power in his hand, then that means then there's nothing the world could give you that can compare to the life that you have in Christ Jesus. The story is told of of a rich, rich man who had a great estate, had a great estate, and, and at the at the point of his death, his estate went to auction. All the auctioneers from all around came, all around the world. They came to this particular auction because his, his wealth was massive, and many of the curators wanted it in their museums. And so there they are. They're trying to get all the artwork and all the pieces of his estate. Um, so the auctioneer begins. He begins and begins on one bidding. He took out this picture of the son of the, of, of the man who owned the estate, put it in front of those who were bidding, and no one wanted to bid. He said, can I at least hear $100? No one said anything. He said, can I get $75? No one said anything. He said, can I get here $50? He said, then the butler who watched the young man as he was being raised as a child looked saw the picture, and he said, you know what? I'll get the picture of the sun. The auctioneer then hit the gavel and said, that's it. The auction is closed. Closed everything up. Everybody's asking the question, why is the auction closed? He said, oh, right here in the wheel, it says whoever gets the sun gets it all. I'm just trying to help you understand something. The value of the kingdom of God is in Christ. And when Christ is in your life, uh, you, you realize the valuing the kingdom, uh, the, the valuing the kingdom life is progressively learning to let Christ live his life through us. It's learning to let Christ live his life through your life. This is the value. This is the relationship. So that when Christ is living through your life, then your life can make a kingdom impact in this world. When Christ is living through your life, your kingdom prayers will come to life. Your your kingdom investment will come to life when Christ is living through your life, which means then that Christ will use your life not only to receive the word of the kingdom, but he will use your life to spread the word of the kingdom. Notice in this parable how Christ never identifies who the sower is. I believe this is intentional and important, which means then that not only is Christ the sower of good seed, the sower 
of the word of the kingdom, but those who are citizens of the kingdom are also sowers of the kingdom. And Christ wants to use your life to share with others what life in Christ really does look like. That's why there ought not be any sad Christians already always moping around as though you don't know who's the king in your life. That's why there ought not be any, any, any wicked Christians. Why? Because you know who's the king in your life. Because when Christ is the king in your life, you then know the word of the kingdom that says all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. If the king is in your life and he's sitting on the throne of your life, you realize that he will never leave you nor he'll forsake you. You'll be like David, and when David says, you are, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because I'm a king's kid. Ah, I want to encourage you to value God's kingdom by sowing. Sowing. He said a sower came, and he, he sowed seeds. Value God's kingdom in sowing so that you can be like the psalmist in Psalm 119 and 11 that says, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. So you can be like the psalmist in 119 and 105 that says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you have the word of the kingdom living on the inside of you? The only way you can have it living on the inside of you is that you got to get in the Word. I hope you get this. Because the Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture, the Word of the Kingdom, all Scripture, is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And explaining, Jesus don't identify the sower, he, he gives the sower an identity because it allows the parable to speak to everyone who's a follower of Christ. Because when seeking to advance the kingdom of God, we are called by God to make disciples. When Christ resurrected from the grave, he turned to his followers and told them, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all men, baptizing them just like we did just earlier in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And Christ said, lo, I'll be with you always, even until the ends of the earth. Why don't you notice somebody next to you and just tell them, it's your responsibility to teach. Uh, not, not teaching your own ways, but teaching Christ's culture. Not only do we value God's kingdom by sowing. Secondly, brothers and sisters, we value God's kingdom by growing. The riches of relationship is in the depth of your relationship with Jesus Christ. That an authentic relationship with God, has with it an expectation, and that is you grow in your relationship. See, we are born again in Christ, but God never intended for us to remain spiritual babies or spiritual infants or spiritual, um, I won't say that word in here. Um, he, he intends for us to be progressive in our growth with him so that our lives will demonstrate a maturation, a spiritual maturation. So what I'm trying to help you understand is that your relationship with Christ should be further along this year than it was last year. 
Your relationship with Christ should be further along this year than it was 10 years ago, if you had a relationship with him 10 years ago. Because what kind of relationship would it be if you're with your, you, you're with your boo, you're with your, your wife, you're with your friend, and you're still on the friend zone terms? Hmm? You know, the associate terms. I, I know your name, but I don't know your favorite color. I don't know anything about you. Uh, let me, uh, young people, uh, how, just, just, just hang with me for a moment. Listen, before Snap and the Gram and, no, no, real, real talk. Before, even before email, oh, I'm trying to help y'all understand. Somebody say, oh, yeah, I, I lost about half of y'all, but here, here it is. <laughs> Back in the day, when you wanted to know someone, it started with a note. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about here? It started with a note. It was a very, very simple note. It actually, it was the first text message that went out. It said, do you like me? <laughs> Come on now. I don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about here. Uh, yes or no. And you waited for that response to see what box was checked. But if the relationship only stood with that note, then back of that relationship wouldn't go for no. Guess what happened after that? When they said yes, that means you start writing letters. I don't know you're nothing about that, but just walk with me for a moment. You, you wrote letters, and, and the, the more you liked them, the more you wrote, and the more you received. But if we don't grow in Christ, all we're doing is taking the love letters from God, which is the Word of God, putting it under our arms, but never learning who God is and who He wants to be in our lives. We don't learn the kingdom power we have available if we just hold the Bible. No, you got to get in it and see how much God really loves you. Ah, then you realize that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Uh, so, that, so that when the world comes with its thorns and tries to choke out the word, you can hold on to the word as a foundation in your life and know that God's word is worth holding on to. Uh, you got to value it. Value it by, by growing. And when, you grow, when, you, when you're growing in your relationship with Christ as a kingdom citizen, things begin to change. It gives you power. Because the word of the kingdom is powerful. James, the younger brother of Christ, says in first chapter 21st verse, Therefore put away all filthiness and rapid wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. First Timothy, first Peter rather, first chapter, 22nd verse says, Having purified your soul by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly. From a pure heart, since you have been born again, not with a perishable seed, that's the worldly stuff, but with an imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Peter goes on to say in 2 Peter 3 and 18, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ by applying his word to, his, to your life, by giving God glory, by living out his word. This is how you grow. You grow by taking in the word and the word becoming a part of you. You take it in and it becomes a part of you. You strive to do what the word says do. You strive to get off the throne of your own life. Let God occupy the throne that he deserves to occupy in your life and follow Follow what he tells you to do for the rest of your life. 
This is how you value the kingdom. Because if, if there is no growth of the relationship, then you're not living by the right response. And I would hope that none of us have to hear those dreadful words that Christ speaks in Matthew 7 and 21 when he talks about the latter days and said, in the last day, many of you will say, Lord, Lord, did we not teach in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Didn't we go to church all the time? And Jesus will look and said, do I know you? Depart from me because you're, you're, you're a worker of, of iniquity. My, my, my question as we discuss the value of the kingdom is do you have a relationship with the king? Have you come to Jesus Christ as your Savior? Because when you do, you will come to realize that the kingdom value never loses its value. That when you are in the kingdom, you have what is priceless. It's, it's, it has inintestable worth. It's invaluable that when you are part of the kingdom of God, you actually have the greatest gift you could ever have in your entire life. Because you then are related to the king. Ah, you, you, you got the king's name on you. You, you are his, his child, his subject, his citizen. When you come to Jesus Christ and know him as the king of your life. You value God's kingdom by sowing. You value God's kingdom by growing. But thirdly, you value God's kingdom by knowing its worth. But in the same, the same sermon, Christ describes it this way in the 13th chapter, the 44th through the 46th verse. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. A treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes, get this, and sells all that he has to buy that field. Why? Because Jesus Christ is worth it all. He goes on to say again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. Because the greatest gift you can ever receive is the gift that comes with being a part of the kingdom of God. The church I grew up in, the song that we used to sing, uh, the refrain of the song said, you may build great cathedrals, large and small, Mm, you, you can build skyscrapers grand and tall. You may conquer all the failures of your past, but only what you do for Christ will last. Though your song and your prayers are heard and praised by men, they've no meaning unless you've been born again. Sinners, heed the words and don't let this harvest pass. For only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for Christ will last. 
only what you do for Christ will last. Because the words of the kingdom never lose its power. And when you give your life to Jesus Christ, it will be the greatest decision of your life. For valuing the word of the kingdom brings the greatest value of life. Would you stand all over the building? If you know in your heart you haven't become a kingdom citizen, you know in your heart you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ being on the throne of your life, while we sing this song, I want to invite you to come down these aisles. If you want to experience the joy of knowing Jesus, I invite you to come. While the song is being sung, if you want your life to be changed and you know today is that day for you, the Spirit of God is speaking to you, you want to be a part of what God is doing, I want to invite you to leave these aisles, come down the aisle and say yes to Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. Let Christ be the Lord of your life. So I invite you to come. I invite you to come and experience the value of the kingdom of God. We're here for you. If you're in need of prayer, I want to pray with you. Before you go, I want to pray with you. You just come on down to the front. Whatever you have, God is here to address your concerns. Some of us need to let go of some things that's been keeping us away from truly experiencing what it means to be a part of God's kingdom. I invite you to walk away from that which is holding you back from Christ. And today say yes to accepting Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Come on, in the time that we have, I invite you to come. Come on, come on. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.